This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Wouldn't think of a spot like that for two young uh, uh, players, but um, they're they're filling those those holes really well. Um, uh, Julian's been, I mean, he's had he's he's in a really great run right now, and he's been in a great run since the day he signed professionally, and he's he's doing it at, at the major league level now. And AK driving those balls the other way, the way he is right now. Um, that's that's big time stuff. A lesson to keep him in the lineup against all pitchers because he's probably your best hitter. Is it safe to say Alex Kirloff is probably the Twins' best hitter? Yes, yes, because he's the. If we're just talking about pure approach at the plate. He's the only guy on this team that I think could win a batting title at some point. Boy, I mean, you know, Ju- well, Julian yeah. might actually have the ability to win. Yeah, Julian, Julian's numbers are better, like, over the last 30 days, I want to say, than Luis Arise. Now, that's a 30-day th- sample. Arise has done it for, like, you know, four years in the major leagues. Right. But And, and Kirloff needs to do it against left-handed pitching on a regular basis. It was nice to see a couple games ago. Uh, the home run against the lefty, but uh, wow, this is three days in a row of the scoring our twin show. What's gotten into us? Well, because they're doing the right, they're playing the right guys. They're doing the right thing. Buxton doesn't <laughs> play last night. The lineup moves like this is we. What we saw last night was awesome. You know why? Because it's baseball as God intended it, 2023. <laughs> so basically, as long as the twins keep doing the things that we demand on the scoring our twin show. But they're, Anyone demands him that watches games like this is not this is not hard. I mean, Joey Gallo was the only clog in the drain last night. If you if you want to consider that approach to be a clog, but I mean, when when Byron Buxton doesn't hit third, you guys, like think about that for a second. It's not like he's been yeah. hitting ninth. He's been hitting third. Alex Kirilov right now. It's not even a discussion. Is a far better choice, even if he goes over five to hit third than Byron Buxton is because the bats are so much. Better. So, yes, this is fun to watch. I, I thoroughly enjoyed last night's game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's at this point when it comes to lineup construction, it's pretty, pretty common knowledge among front offices and casual fans that you want to load up the first three slots with your best OPS hitters, right? Your best on base hitters and your best OPS or WOBA hitters if you want to go deep into the analytics. So Carlos Correa might not be that statistically, but he is like just in terms of career and track record, he's one of those three guys. And on this year's team, 
Julian and Kirloff are the other two. And you could you could say like, well, Donnie, you know, Donnie Barrels when he plays and he got in for a couple of pinch hit at bats last night too. But in terms of guys that you're going to run out there on a daily basis that aren't like part time players, mm-hmm. Julian and Kirloff should absolutely be among your top three hitters in a lineup. And I'm I'm okay continuing the the Correa experiment in that leadoff spot. He hit a, hit a bomb late in the game last night. You know, the game was already kind of decided, but but uh, did, now you came into this series. Uh, and, and I should say, too, that uh, this is the Scorner Twin Show. We would appreciate a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts as we have relaunched this thing after a two-year hiatus. And uh, really, really just have one mission statement on this show. We just want the Twins to win a playoff game for the first time in almost 20 years. All right, let's keep our eye on the prize here. But you said, Judd, going into this series that you feel like if their bats sort of awaken... Mm-hmm in this four-game series, you'll start to lean forward in your chair a little bit more as we go toward the trade deadline. Now, we're only two games in here. Uh, they did lose the first game, but a 10-run outburst last night, nice little sign. It's a nice little sign. Yeah, and the bats have been, I think, with, without question, and yes, it was the A's, but still, in the five games they've played since the break, like the bats have been improved. Uh, Correa hitting first, in probably still what could be considered a smaller sample size, appears to have worked. Like, he is, he has gone from being, oh, my God, this is a terrible year, which I talked about a lot, to being, you know what, okay, he's being productive. Um, but I just, I love last night's lineup because it's the lineup that you, that, that will actually help this team as far as creating runs in 2023. You're not relying on, well, if, but I mean, Byron Buxton, yeah, he's struggling, but if he gets hold of one, right? If he, and then Gallo gets hold of one. Yeah. I, I heard Falvey uh, yesterday on CCO with Chad Hartman try to say, you know, we're not nearly as obsessed with the home run as people think. And I thought to myself, that's a load of crap, Derek. But like last night, we saw we saw that. And then the other thing that we saw that I absolutely loved last night was this. Bailey Ober in the first was absolutely awful. And Seattle ran themselves into two stupid outs, but they did it, so they're still outs, right? Ober rebounded and came back, and I thought it was fantastic. You know what he did. You know what he did. Battled um, his tail off? He battled his tail off oh last my. night. Did but... you guys hear the Nick Blackburn comparison from Bramer during that whole iteration yesterday when no. Ober was, was battling his tail off? He should. Bailey should sue. <laughs> there was a good... Probably six minute breakdown from Dick on you know when when Nick Blackburn started with the Twins he sometimes needed that sinker ball to start going more in the second and third inning and it's like you know look Blackburn was a great little sinker ball warrior for the Twins for a little bit there let's not compare Bailey over it was though he was a sinker ball warrior let's not compare you know, get all lathered up oh my God love it. Dude, Blackie, you know, I, I feel like he gets a lot of slander because, you know, he was kind of a train wreck the last couple of years. But Blackie had two workhorse seasons. Yeah, he was a warrior. A couple of, like, 400 innings over two years. He the was one, a sinker yeah. ball warrior, Declan. <laughs> he was, hey, 163 <laughs> warrior. People forget about that. He gave up one bad pitch to Tommy. Could have had the team yeah, in the playoffs. That's true. Yeah, he could have been. Man, he could have been. Now, he he got the contract either way, but. Boy, if the Twins would have won that, that's the game 163 that nobody talks about, right? That like you, team. The game 163 that we all remember is uh, 2009, but that was also a pretty epic game 163. Yeah. I think that 08 team was better than the 09 team. Was more so. Yes, both Maurer and Morneau were healthy then. 
Okay. And then Morno did did he not play down the stretch in 09? I'm trying yeah. to remember the cuz he he had like a back injury or something. Yeah, Morno was down was days. out down the stretch and Mauer and Morno were second and fourth in MVP voting in 08. Yeah. So like you had your heart of your order then. But and you know, since we're down this side path of Twins history, in 2010 before the concussion, Justin Morno was the best hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. He was on pace to it was yeah, a better man. season than the 06 season. He was on pace to win his second MVP. Who knows what his career looks like at that point if he doesn't get the concussions. But anyhow, uh, so the Twins, they're back two games over 500 after the win last night. Uh, Cleveland is, uh, after winning again, still a game and a half back. So, so all right, let's, let's see what happens the rest of this series. But I think, you know, back just to put a bow on this Buckton thing, the lineup flows better right now. Just give the guy 10 days off, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is the... You got an, you got Walner up here, right? You got enough outfielders and DHs and stuff. Like, just give the guy ten days off on the injured list and see what happens. Is there any reason to to not just do that at this point? Do you think that they are potentially, and this is just reckless speculation on my part, but do you think they're trying to time it up with Polanco's return? Because when Polanco comes back, he's probably going to go back to second base. Julian is, I mean, he was born to DH. Um. And and he's good. Like that, he should. He needs to play. He needs to play, and he doesn't need to just stay here. He needs to play as much as possible. Probably. I wonder if they're going to time it up with the move instead of Walner going back down would be to IL Buxton for ten days. Polanco back. Julian still playing. Yeah, and you know what? This should be the plan going forward too. If and I say if it's kind of weird to say this, but if Buxton continues to play Major League Baseball in 2024 and beyond. I think he will, but it just the injuries are just at this point like it's just a tsunami of knees and hips and back and stuff. They should just build in two mandatory. Hey, there might be some other stuff that pops up, but no matter how you feel, unless you're just like the hottest hitter in baseball, okay, we'll wait till you cool off. But you're gonna get a ten day IL stint in like I don't know late May, maybe like middle of May, and then you're gonna get another one sometime around or after the all-star break or maybe closer to August. You're just going to get those. And if we have to wait, like, okay, you're on fire right now, but we'll wait till you go, you know, one for 20. He can't, even as a DH, he clearly can't sustain a six-month regular season, unfortunately. I realized that there would be a lot of finances in the statement I'm about to make, but how long do you think he is going to try this? Like, Like, if this continues, where he just literally, he's got a hip, he's got a back, He's got a knee, and some of this is chronic, so it's going to stay. I mean, the man is so talented, so fun to watch, and his frustration, not just for this season, but his entire career, do you think he sticks it out, or do you think he says, you know what, I just can't, screw it? I think, I guess if it were me, and what's what's his base salary, $15 and then he's got a bunch of bonuses if he gets MVP votes and whatever. Yep. If it's me and I'm getting $15 million a year for the next, like, six years or whatever the length, I'd have to look up the contract. I would probably make them DFA me. Because if you retire, then you give that mm-hmm. money back, right? Like, if you retire yeah, and there's four years left on the contract. Yeah. So I guess I would continue to try and grind it out until, like, I would make the twins tell me it's time. And I don't, I don't think you can do that. Going into next year, I think you should give it another shot and see what happens. And he might, maybe you put him on the IL for 10 days and he comes back. And yeah, I agree. Boy, what a luxury that would be if all of a sudden 
you put him on the IL for two weeks, he comes back relatively fresh, you know, and he becomes a big time power threat for you down the stretch. Like you could use that, but I don't think you can just rely. I mean, the, the fact that they were going into every game here these last couple of weeks relying on him as the three hitter. And I get baseball's weird and it's a small sample size, but the minute you pull him out, the lineup just looks and feels better and makes more sense because you're putting guys who get on base and can drive the ball in the top three spots in the lineup. So if you put him on the IL and then when you bring him back, I think you bat him like seventh. You're right. That's what I was going to say. You know, like, sorry, I don't know what to say, dude. Like these other guys are just better right now. Mm -hmm. So you're going to bat seventh. And I mean, Joey Gallo's Joey Gallo is a longtime baseball veteran. He's batting in the bottom third of the order every night, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't think it should be this, you know, if if he's a team guy, I think Buxton is, I think he would understand. Yeah, until I, this is one of the worst years of my uh, of my career, basically, since I've been a regular player. And so he should have to earn his way back up into the top three or four spots. And as uh, I constructed that playoff lineup, just reiterating that point, I think having guys like Buxton and Gallo on your bench for a pinch hitting opportunity late in the game, those are good options, man. Like those aren't just your classic utility hitter or backup catcher that has to come in. Like those are two guys that can absolutely run into a baseball when you need it. So he might not start, which is weird to think that, hey, the Twins are back in the playoffs. Buxton is healthy, but he's not starting. But he could come off the bench and potentially run into a ball for you, or Joey Gallo can do the same thing. That's actually not the worst case scenario, in my opinion, going into the playoffs with him not in your starting lineup. Yeah, and you should, as we sort of creep toward the trade deadline here in less than two weeks, I don't think you should operate based on hope. I think you should operate based on reality. And like the reality of Buxton is he's not a very productive DH. So if there's a bat out there, and I'm curious, Declan, you were, you were going through some of the John Boy stuff yesterday, and they were like making predictions on kind of where players would land, and you should share that here on the show. But... I think you should operate as if you're not going to get the full version of Buxton for the for the last two months of the season. If he shows up, awesome, champagne problem, right? But if you have a chance to go get a Cody Bellinger or, I mean, we've brought up Paul Goldschmidt's name on this show, right? And say, like, wow, but then you'd have to move so-and-so to DH and Buxton's the DH. It's like, I wouldn't, that would not be a major factor for me if I could get a real impact bat here in the next two weeks. And if you do go down the path of uh, putting him on the 10-day IL, which to me makes a ton of sense, too, I think the reality when he comes back is not only when he starts in DHs does he have to bat in the bottom third of the order, but the other thing about it at at work here, and I continued to see this, well, if he's not going to hit, play him in the outfield. I'm pretty sure right now that's not a possibility because he can't. So, like, you can't put him, I don't think, in center or right field because he's already suffering the effects of what whatever is wrong right now just at the plate while sitting in the dugout between at-bats. So if you put him in the outfield and he stands there, he's going to break down more. So I think I think what you're fa- faced with here is he either DHs or pinch hits, and that's the conversation that you're going to have to have, which is, Byron, you know what? This is not your fault. This sucks. This is one of the saddest stories. This is going to be one of the saddest stories that's currently unfolding as far as player injury in the history of sports in this state. Like, this is this is really, really sad. But that being said, I think you, you have to say, you know what, Byron, we have other people that can DH as well. So, like, you're going to be in some form of a rotation. It's not that you're not going to play, but you can't just be penciled in night after night 
as a DH who clearly is having physical problems which are affecting him at the plate. Yeah. I also just like, I, I, I hate to put this out there, but every time I watch Kirloff, I just sort of like cross my fingers, cringe mildly that his wrist feels okay. Because he had that weird surgery in the offseason. It's kind of like a last-ditch effort to, all right, this is kind of the, the only, didn't they like shave part of the they bone down or something? The, yeah, they shortened up the bone. And I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen anything to suggest that he's feeling pain, but and he's obviously hitting the ball really well. Doesn't he have like three consecutive, is it three consecutive three-hit games now? Because his average is back on the rise. His yeah. on-base percentage is back up around 380. His OPS is, uh, I believe, the highest on the team of anyone that has that many at-bats. And so, Right. So um, before we get to a couple other things here, did you guys see, God, that Tyler Malley trade, man. Yeah. So Spencer Steer's been the among the, uh, the, the toasts of that team, right? One of the better young players. And then Christian Encarnacion Strand comes up. Who's been just just? There's nowhere to put him, right? The Reds are on fire. They got a great lineup. Where are we gonna play him? And he's the other guy that the Twins traded for Tyler Malley. And so he's just just been mashing in AAA. And last night he comes up his first major league hit, right? And it was uh, a now that game actually I think they wound up losing eleven to ten, but it was like a go ahead three run jack in the middle of that game, you know, to to put his team out in front. So, man, if that guy also helps carry the Reds, the Twins are going to single-handedly vault the Reds into, like, the NLCS with these young players that yes. gave for Tyler Malley. And I, I also was uh, going through a story a couple days ago that said that there is now a chance that the Reds at the deadline in their quest to improve themselves immediately because they're good are going to potentially tr- uh, trade Chase Petty, who they got for Gray from the Twins, and yeah. turn him into current productive players, too. So thank you very yeah, much, maybe, Minnesota Twins. Yeah, maybe the Twins can, uh, I don't know, do they want Do they want Sonny Gray back? Maybe the Twins can trade Sonny Gray for a couple prospects and then go get next year or something. <laughs> so uh, so that, what, what, what was John Boy saying, Dex, about the, so like they, the game that they were playing that you were texting us about? I, I saw a couple of videos. So the, the game that they were playing was actually a genius game. It's kind of like a, it's, it's like write that down, but to the next level even. So what they do, it's a snake draft with, with their four guys. So it's Ploof, uh, it's Chris Rose, um, uh, it's Pac and Jake, and they're all going around and they're doing a snake draft. And I believe I wrote this down. I believe this is how the point system works. So you say, if your Phil says, hey, Paul Goldschmidt will get traded. So if Paul Goldschmidt does get traded, you get five points. You nailed that player. You took that player to be traded. You are correct. He got traded. He, you get five points. You get another five points for naming the right team he gets he gets he goes to. Okay. And then you get another five points if that player was a former award winner, so like a former MVP, a Gold Glover, a uh, batting champion, an All Star. And basically, by the end of the trade deadline, they look at who had the most points and who nailed all the right things. It's actually a pretty fun little game. So they went around the room. They all took players, and like in the middle of the draft, Ploof came back around, and he put Paul Goldschmidt. To the twins, wow! And he wow. now he first kicked this idea, I think, with Jake like two weeks ago, but he pretty much put it pen to paper, just like write that down, and said that they don't definitely don't want to trade for a rental. Like, why would the twins trade for a rental? They don't have the prospects necessarily to do it, but they would trade for someone who has service time left or has control left, I should say, and under but wouldn't contract. it be more expensive in prospect capital to trade for someone with more than? I would think it's the opposite. That if the Twins don't have any prospects to deal, it's more expensive to get a guy who's on 
under team control for more than one year. I guess they look at Goldschmidt as a guy who's making only $23.5 million next season, too, and they would just still get, yeah, more, um, they'd get a longer return with that player. Um, and he believes his presence in the lineup will just awaken things. And now he did mention he wants to see Correa, he wants to see Goldschmidt, he wants to see Buxton all in the same lineup. I'm probably good on Buxton right now at this point. But he, he took Paul Goldschmidt going to the Twins. And even Chris Rose said, I mean, he's a mid, like, that makes sense. Like, Paul Goldschmidt, he was in Arizona before. He's been in St. Louis. Like, him going to the Twins is not completely out of the realm of possibilities either. Now, what, what I've read, though, over the weekend was that the Cardinals actually, so the Cardinals are really, really weird. First of all, their GM's in trouble. Uh, so there, there's a chance he's going to get fired. And what I read was the plan right now in St. Louis is to try to go get pitching and immediately compete next year. Like they, they don't want this to be a down, yep. down, down, down. They, their, their goal is because they, they were picked going into the season to win the central so that they don't want to trade Goldschmidt because they see him as part of the solution. Now what they're going to trade for pitching, thirty-five. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't want to like, it's, it's a Vikings. Like we don't want to be bad. Like just cause we're bad now, we, we yeah. don't want to hit the reset button yet. So, it sounds like, unless they're bluffing, which is entirely possible, that the Cardinals don't want to trade him. But again, I think the question is this. If they're going to get pitching, which they desperately need, how are you going to get it then? Yeah. Well, and the Cardinals are looking at it, too, as they have to fill basically three, ro- three rotation right. spots for next season with Flaherty being a free agent. I believe Montgomery's a free agent and Adam Wainwright's, I believe, finally hanging it up. So they're looking at it as like, how are we going to replace three guys for next year? We should start that process right away. And this year, and then their lineup is still mostly pretty good. And to Judd's point, they're not really ever a rebuilding team. They don't hit the nuke button. That that's not really what St. Louis Cardinals baseball they're Vikings is like in that sense. Um, so, and that's why I dangled Bailey over. Like that, I you deal a position of strength in a position that's known, and you're not looking for a prospect. Like Bailey over would step in and be a solid rotation piece for the St. Louis Cardinals for the next three years. But see if that. But that that's the thing though. The the Twins would only be interested in trading Bailey Ober in a package that brought back Paul Goldschmidt. If yep. you're the Cardinals, if you're the Cardinals, you'd only really want Bailey Ober, who's 27 years old. If you're keeping Paul Goldschmidt, right? Because he he would be plugged in your. He'd be like your number three or number four starter yeah. for the next two or three years while you have Paul Goldschmidt. That's the. I think. I think. You know, I would love the Twins to make a run at Goldschmidt, but. I think Judd's instinct is right here that if they do pull the trigger on that type of a trade, they're going to want guys, they're going to want arms who are 23, 24 or younger. They're going to want guys that are like, you know, emerging into their mid 20s, not guys who are emerging into their late 20s and early 30s. If, cause if you're trading Goldschmidt, now you're looking at maybe like a five year window to, to ramp back up. Cody Bellinger, so. boys. Cody Bellinger is the one that I think makes it like if they're going, to do this, and, and I know that he is not a uh, right-handed bat, which is what they want. I think Bellinger actually makes the most sense of, like, a gettable guy. It's going to cost you, but it's doable. Yeah, he's got – so I'm going to pull this up for you guys real quick. So for his career – so he's a left-handed hitter. For his career, he does hit right-handed pitching better than left-handed pitching, but he's always been very formidable as a left-handed hitter against left-handed pitching. This season, so smaller sample size, his OPS against left-handed pitching is almost 300 points higher than his OPS against right-handed pitching. So he has reverse splits as a left-handed hitter. He's batting 350 with a 1,066 OPS 
and six home runs and 89 trips against left-handed pitching. And his contract which is shows off, right? he's Yes, he's a rental. So he'll be a rental. And yep. he's a center fielder. So, And I saw, because we brought this up yesterday on the show, and, and I saw some people in the comment sections like, well, Michael Taylor is your best defensive. Why would you be looking to get rid of a gold glove center fielder? Well, you wouldn't be getting rid of him. You could even like play Michael Taylor in a corner once in a while, or he comes in as a defensive replacement. But yeah. Michael Taylor gets on base like 26% of the time. Yes. So, I don't know. Like At some point, you got to put guys in the lineup that can move the chains like, and Go score eight runs once in a while like he did last night, scoring mm-hmm. 10 against Seattle, right? And that's what that was the other video I watched from John Boy where he basically took, um, he, he put a tweet out. I think he's on paternity leave where he's just at home with his newborn baby. So he put a tweet out like, send me guys I should trade that you want your, to see your teams trade for. <laughs> um, and he basically took information from the last two trade deadlines and tried to apply it to a current player. So I believe with Cody Bellinger, I think he used the Benatendi trade. And there's another player I'm, I'm blanking on right now. But basically, the what history shows for a guy like Bellinger using service time and using past examples is really like the 11th to 10th best prospect in a system. Now, look, there's obviously the top 11th press, the, you know, the, the Orioles 11th best prospect is probably better than the Twins 11th best prospect. That's yeah. clear. Um, yeah. But it's not necessarily like, oh, Brooks Lee's off the table. Like, no, no, no. It, it's probably honestly like a top, it's probably like a 12 to 8 range and the prospect guy you'd have to give up if you're the Twins to get Cody Bellinger. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's like if you look at the Twins' top 10 prospects, seven of them are either injured or struggling in the minor leagues right now, which makes it tough. Here's one I also just remembered. What what the hell do they do with Trevor Larnick at this point? Like if Kirloff is indeed here, and they let's say even they get another big bat, like is Trevor Larnick, I know he's kind of graduated from the prospect list, but he's not far removed from being a first-round pick. I think he was in 2018. He was a yeah. first round pick. So, I mean, he's there's still something there, but now there's such a log jam. Is he someone that could be dangled in a trade? He could be, but I think that yeah. I, I would be curious what their plan for 24 is, though, because Gallo is almost certainly not going to be back. So, like, he would take over in left field. But to your guys' point about not caring about 24 and trying to win now, I would think that you could definitely dangle him. Yeah, it's like, it's so tough with Larnick because. There, there is a good hitter in there, and he just probably needs some more, you know, plate appearances in the major leagues. And, but he's 26 years old, so you're right, Declan. He was 2018 20th overall pick in the first round, but he's also out of college. So like he got drafted when he was what 22 years old, 21, 22, and so now he's he's 26 years old. He's going to be 27 before spring training next year. So he's not, yeah, he's a, he's officially not a prospect because he's been in the big leagues for too long. But he's just like, at this point, he's kind of a quad A player. Like that yeah. would be the value on him. If you were a team, you would be buying low on him, hoping that he becomes, you know, an everyday fixture in your lineup. But that's the problem with their stash right now. It's like they they basically have Brooks Lee and a bunch of like corner outfielder, left handed hitter, power yeah. type guys, right? Walner, Larnick. You got Max Kepler as a veteran. You got all these, like, Joey Gallo. They just have a, a bunch of the same profile of hitter. So I don't know. I don't know what you'd do with him. But if you can include one or two of these guys, like, I'd trade Walner, too. Walner's value is super high right now. So mm-hmm. if, if you could if you could sort of cash, unless you think he's going to be a mainstay. I mean, I think he's going to strike out too much to be a mainstay in a major league lineup, like, to be, a, like, a number four hitter. Mm-hmm. So I would absolutely include Matt Walner while everyone's looking at him and saying, wow, look at this guy. He's mashing in the minor leagues. 
he's holding his own in the majors. If you could flip that for like the current version of Bellinger or convince the Cardinals somehow that you need a Matt Walner in a deal for Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> or the Reds. Convince the Reds. Or the Reds. Yeah, yeah we, we want to improve you even more. <laughs> Send him over to the Reds. So um, so the, the Twins apparently are on Immaculate Grid today. So we have to get to that in just this. a moment. But if you'd like to get out to a Twins game here, once they come home from this road trip, uh, there's tickets available. Twins.com slash tickets. Twins.com slash tickets. You can see uh, maybe Alex Kirloff in the three-hole. Mm-hmm. Maybe Julian in the two-hole. This new revamp lineup that worked last night very well. There's uh, a lot to sort of hang your hat on here still, even though the season hasn't been what everyone thought. The Twins are still in first place. It's the best bar in the Twin Cities. So uh, check it out, twins.com slash tickets. And uh, real quick, a shout-out to uh, our friends over at Livia for helping all sorts of of Score North listeners lose weight over the past couple of years, Judd. Yep, and, and it started with me a couple of years ago, dropped 40 pounds, and the best part about it is they are not only going to help you drop that weight, they're not only going to help you get back into clothes that perhaps haven't fit for a few years, but you know what? They're going to help you. The dietitians, nutritionists are going to help you keep the weight off, and right now, join and get 50% off your personalized program. That's right, personalized program. They are there with you every step of the way, not only through the weight loss process, which is incredibly important, but also the maintenance phase. So you don't get just get abandoned when it's done. Uh-uh. You get help through the entire process so that you will feel great, that you'll look great. Lose 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks voted Minnesota's best weight loss program year after year. So many people, as Phil just said, from our Score North family have great stories to tell about their own weight loss journey. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia days have arrived, folks. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All right, gentlemen, it's time for the Immaculate Grid Challenge here on the Score Our Twin Show. We're going to put five minutes on the clock. Declan's going to bring this up on the screen for the YouTube audience. You're going to see a nine-box baseball tic-tac-toe square. Oh, I love this. The twins are part of this. Yeah. So in order for us to be immaculate, we need to go nine for nine here. Any incorrect guess Today's means the day. we can't. We can't get oh, the immaculate score. We're getting under 100 today, boys. Just with the middle row, we're going to get under 100. I can feel this. Yes. I can feel so, this in my bones. So what, we, what we're looking for are two things. We need to go 9 for 9, completing the tic-tac-toe grade, and we'll explain that. Uh, but the more you can throw out obscure players, <laughs> you can have a rarity score that's lower. right? So like they'll tell you, hey, the player that you put in this box, only 2% of people chose that player. Boom. Your rarity score is two for that box. So we're looking for a blue a blue jay who was a ray, uh, an A who was a ray, and then a ray who was an all-star. But this is right in our wheelhouse. We're looking for a twin who was a blue jay, a twin who was an A. I could give you a twin who was an A and a blue jay. Me too. I, yep. Yep. Analytics and darling. Twin, and a twin who was an all-star. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking for... 
Let's see here. Uh, 100 RBI season who was a Blue Jay, 100 RBI season who was an A, and then a 100 RBI season who was an All-Star. All right. Five minutes on the clock. Let's go. Let's knock out these Twins ones because I think these ones are the fun ones to do. So I think for All-Star, we should go really obscure here. The two names that I that came to mind right away, Ron Coomer or Matt Lawton. Let's go Coomer. Let's go Coom Dog. Judd, you good with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's okay. some great obscure twins. 0.5. Yes! 1999, one of the greatest All-Star games of all time. One of so these things I, is not like the other. Yep. Let me start the bidding with, with Twins A's with Grant Balfour okay. as a rarity. Okay. I will even go, because I don't know if people... I was even. I was going to say Danny Valencia. Wow. What, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably more rare. Or, because this guy actually works for both these two squares, Bobby Kilty played for both these teams. Right. Yep. Let's go Valencia for A's because that's got to be be- that's got to be below two percent, right? Waggy B, zero point four. Nice. Oh my gosh! Let's go. Nice. And yeah, and then Kilty. Bobby. That's, that'll be, it won't oh be quite as God. rare, but. 0.2. So 0.2. Yeah. And he's in an A's hat. He's in an A's hat. Analytics darling Bobby killed. He was one of the first twins that that was actually tied to that. Let's not blow this. Okay. We got uh, three and a half minutes to go here. So. All right. A Ray who was a Blue Jay. An A who was a Ray. An A who was a Ray. There should be a bunch of those, right? Yes. Yeah. On Balfour. Can't use them again, though. Oh, we did. Oh, we already didn't use them. Balfour played for both, right? right? Let's do it. Yes, he did. Six percent. Okay. Interesting. All star Tampa Bay, Casimir, Scott Casimir. I mean, mean, they had all stars every Aubrey Huff. Yeah, there have been a bunch of them. Aubrey Huff. (laughs) How about Aubrey Huff? Uh, I think, right? Am I? I mean, we could go like David Price. We could go obvious, but. Was Ob- was- oh no! Oh, you did it! Oh no, we're just discussing. Oh, you, oh, you did it! it! No, you clicked no! it! No, 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 I was just gonna we say were, don't. We were just kicking no! it around, dude. Oh, dude, this was our day. How did you do that? I thought, I thought it was good to go. You said Aubrey Huff. I thought we were gonna. No, do we, were we, were having, we, we were just, were just discussing. We were just discussing. We were just discussing. Friends, ex friends. I, curl, I curled Huff. it up. I curled it. Aubrey Huff. Yeah, because Phil Huff. was questioning himself, rightfully so. And I thought we were gonna go more mainstream. <laughs> let's well, let's finish strong here. We got two and a half minutes. Let's let's finish strong. I'm like Kirk. Oh. I'm flustered. I'm done. Oh. Oh. Darn right, I'm frustrated. Okay, a Blue Jay who had a hundred RBI season. I mean, <sighs> Joe Carter, Vlad. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I no, mean, no, Blue, 100 RBI would be. Take, Joe Carter, Vlad Jr. Are you looking uh, for obscure? What do you? Yeah, no, um, Joe, uh, 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 George Bell. Yeah, Joe okay. Carter. George Bell. Because we're, we're, I think it's 100 per box that you don't. So let's see if we can still get All like right. under 150. 3%. Okay. What is it? Three. Three percent. So, not as low as I was. Uh, Hundred RBI Oakland A. Um, I mean, obviously McGuire, Canseco. Who's obscure? Uh, uh, Tejada, Giambi, um, Chavez. Yeah, I was gonna say, did Eric, Eric Chavez? Did Eric Chavez ever weigh in with a hundred? Yeah. That's a good one. He did. Five. Oh, okay. Okay. And then uh, an All Star with a hundred RBI. I mean, that could be anyone. Yeah. Minute fifteen. 
What about a Blue Jay Ray? We only have two guesses left, so whatever we Fred feel. McGriff play for both of them? Did Romo? No. I um, think he did, dude. Yeah, he did. Fred McGriff did play for the Devil Rays. Crime, Devil Ray. crime oh. dog. McGriff. 10. Okay, that's 10%. not as slow as I wanted. All right, one guess left. Um, 100 RBI season all-star. I mean, is there uh, anyone obscure that you want to? No, no, because I don't want to get cute here. I mean, there's John Cruck. He had a, he had, he had a hundred hundred ribs in a season once, didn't he? That's obscure. Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, he for I'm, sure. I'm okay, still, I'm still let's devastated. do it. Let's do. It. I'm devastated. I mean, I Cruck would be. We already kind of. It's up to you guys. No. I just I'm devastated. <laughs> I'm just cousins now. Luis Gonzalez, cousins. Well, that's gotta be. That's gotta be under fifteen, right? Okay, well, dude. A 126 rarity score. Missing a box. They gave us a hundred for that box, right? Uh, yes. Okay. We missed the box. So technically, we failed because we were not immaculate. That was as that that was as ineffective of huddle as we have yeah, ever had. There was like the miscommunication. Yeah. We might as well have had twelve men in I that huddle. Go, I, we I, need like a trigger word. We need like a, 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 fine, a like safe a final word answer. for the grid. Yeah, a safe word for the immaculate grid. In fairness, it was the hardest one, right? I mean. No, the hardest one was A's and oh, uh, Rays. It was the easiest one. <laughs> yeah, I but think. we were trying to we were trying to get cute. Yeah, we were trying like, to get cute. Yeah, I feel like we're too focused at times on trying to be trying to get cute. But with this our was score. the day to get cute because yeah. we like all those Kaz, twins. No, ones I know, but the twins it. ones we were just absolutely. Casimir was twice uh, with the Rays. <laughs> Uh, Longoria three times. Yeah. Alex Colomay. That could have been hilarious. I Matt Moore. I've not re- James wow. Shields. Matt Moore. James Shields would have been a great uh, one. Matt Joyce. That would have been great. Matt Joyce? Yeah. What? Looking at it. It's probably right. when they were bad. Let's not let this. Let's not let this uh, erode the immaculate grid locker room here. Okay, listen. We'll just we're gonna get better. This is a team game. Easily correctable. It falls on all of us really... for for poor communication there. Mm. And we'll. We'll try to do better next time. Still pretty impressive. A one twenty six. We didn't get it. It's score. not. Oh, I'm, I'm eight out of nine. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not happy about any of this. All right. Well, there's your score on our twin show here. We'll see if the twins can uh, keep the bats hot and create some distance from Cleveland. We just want the twins to win a playoff game. Just a playoff game. Just one. Thanks for hanging out with us.